0: well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed welcome to another edition of bearing arms cam and company yeah hoodie weather is gone in central virginia we're back to uh you know fairly normal temperatures for mid-august 80 degrees i'll take it i'll still take it glad that you are with us on the program today uh we're gonna be talking about the heat on Capitol Hill that's being directed towards gun makers, specifically Smith & Wesson. Uh, you know, when Carolyn Maloney, who is the uh, chair of the House Oversight Committee, uh, recently held this hearing inviting CEOs of uh, gun companies to come and testify about why they're making these awful products and why won't they stop and how much money are you making off of uh, you know, these sales of weapons of war that you're selling to civilians? Yeah, that that hearing, remember that one? Yeah. Um, Marty Daniels of Daniel Defense testified remotely. Uh, Chris Colloy of Sturm Ruger testified remotely. But Mark Smith, the CEO of Smith & Wesson, who was scheduled to testify, uh, did not show up. And Carolyn Maloney uh, uh, took the opportunity to say, well, we're going to subpoena Smith & Wesson. Now, at Bear in Arms, my colleague Tom Knighton has already uh, written about Smith & Wesson's response uh, to the subpoena, which is basically, um, in, in legal terms, uh, go pound sand. I think that's that's probably the best way to describe it. Uh, but we're going to talk today about the Wall Street Journal's editorial on this subpoena, uh, which they come right out and call political harassment as well as character assassination uh, against gun makers, and they have, spare no criticism of uh, Carolyn Maloney for doing what she's doing. She says a committee char they say a committee charged with oversight has burst its legal bounds and has crossed into character assassination. Uh, They say the dispute between the House Oversight Committee and Smith & Wesson escalated this week when the company objected to the committee's subpoena. Committee Democrats, led by Chair Carolyn Maloney, are demanding that the manufacturer produce sales and revenue figures for its AR-15-style sporting rifles. The company says the subpoena squashed months of good-faith efforts to cooperate. Uh, The company's attorney, Mark Paletta, wrote in an August 15th letter to the committee, quote, Congress must clearly spell out with even more specificity why it needs the granular level of information requested by the committee. The Wall Street Journal uh, goes on to say the letter says that Smith & Wesson says that have already provided detailed accounts of its rifle sales since the House Oversight Committee started investigating the industry back in May, but that wasn't good enough for Ms. Maloney. Yet she has not described a legislative need for more specific data. Probably because there is no legislative need for more specific data. As the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, uh, writes, the manufacturers complied when the investigation remained its original scope, including a commitment by Smith & Wesson CEO Mark Smith to face questioning. But the company balked when the committee issued a formal subpoena demanding proprietary information on its revenue from AR-15 style guns, despite no clear purpose other than to harass the company and feed an anti-gun narrative. That's exactly what this is about, you know. uh, During the committee hearing itself, again, we we uh, saw so many Democrats like Karen Maloney play to the cameras, asking questions like, "Well, how many children have to die
1: before you will stop selling these guns?" Right? I mean that was the that was the line of questioning. Um, we saw headlines about uh, a billion dollars in profit for
0: these gun companies over the 10 years, right, between 2010 and 2020. A billion dollars in profit um, uh, spread out amongst five companies over a 10-year period, but that wasn't the headline, right? The headline was, Gunmakers make a billion
1: dollars out of these weapons of war.
0: This has been a uh, political, an act of political theater from the get-go. But as the Wall Street Journal uh, points out, What Maloney is asking for, uh, she simply doesn't have the right for that information. Uh, They point out the Supreme Court has restricted subpoenas of exactly the sort. In Trump versus Mazar's in 2020, the justices voted 7 to 2 to void the demand by several House committees for the former president's financial records. In addition to affirming the separation of powers, Chief Justice John Roberts' opinion held that congressional subpoenas need a clear legislative purpose. Well, what is the clear legislative purpose for wanting, again, to drill down to the granular level of Smith & Wesson's gun sales? There is none other than the desire by Maloney and other House Democrats to demonize the firearms industry. And as the Wall Street Journal editorial board writes, Ms. Maloney likely understood the Supreme Court's decision when she decided to serve Smith & Wesson. But don't forget the political context. The New York Congresswoman is in a primary battle against Representative Gerald Nadler and others uh, after House seats were redrawn last year. Taking on the gun manufacturers could buy her support in the Tony neighborhoods of Manhattan, but even politically unpopular companies deserve the protection of limits on Congress's power. Yeah, it's actually interesting how um, how involved both Maloney and Nadler have been in these very high-profile gun control efforts on the House side over the past couple of months, while Maloney was chairing this uh, hearing on gun makers, Nadler was uh, one of the key drivers of the uh, House passage of the so-called the assolubments ban. Uh, he was the guy who was uh, testifying uh, in the markup. Uh, he, uh, In fact, I think as the head of the House Judiciary Committee, he was in charge of the markup. Um, played a major role. And getting that gun ban to the floor of the House, where it passed again with two votes, uh, and is likely to die in the Senate going forward. Uh, Both of these longtime New York Democrats are now in the same district, uh, thanks to New York's redistricting maps. And so they're fighting each other for the Democratic nomination. Uh, And sadly, I think that they are using our right to keep and bear arms and our Second Amendment as a weapon to use against each other in their primary. Who's the most anti-gun Democrat of all, right? And I'm sure, again, in in this district, this plays well. Uh, But Americans should be concerned about this abuse of power, this uh, overreach. Uh, I do have to say, though, I I think that um, the one probable bit of good news Uh, is that if Republicans take control of the House in November, as I expect that they will, although I'm a little concerned about uh, the red wave ebbing at the moment, uh, not because of gun issues, but because of other issues. uh, But if Republicans take the the House, um, then this witch hunt against uh, gun makers uh, will cease. Once Republicans are in control of the House Oversight Committee, uh, they're not going to be demanding sales data from Smith & Wesson or any other gun maker in an attempt to try to demonize the industry. Uh, So there's a bit of a waiting game here as well. Uh, You know, uh, if the um, companies like Smith & Wesson uh, can litigate this, frankly, I I think this is probably going to be resolved by elections before this issue even gets to the Supreme Court. Uh, But if it does get to the Supreme Court, if the Thinkable happens, and Democrats maintain control of both the House and the Senate next year, uh, I still think the courts will serve as a buttress, again, against the attempt to uh, put the firearms industry uh, at the list, top of the list, of uh, the public enemies across the country. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a story out of uh, Texas, where a man accusing, uh, accused of killing an eight-year-old In Harris County, Texas, the headline's a little inaccurate, by the way, since he just came off probation, he actually had his probation extended in January of this year for being a felon in possession of a firearm. Uh, According to the Harris County Sheriff's Office, their homicide unit took Denzel Jordan Perkins into custody yesterday, more than two months after uh, an eight-year-old, Paul Vasquez, was shot and killed in his home back on June the 12th. This was... During a drive-by shooting, Sheriff Ed Gonzalez um, didn't elaborate on how investigators tied Perkins to the shooting. Uh, But according to authorities, Perkins has had prior arrests for burglary, as well as drug possession, as well as being a felon in possession of a firearm. Now, we don't know, at least I've not been able to see media reports that document when Perkins was convicted of being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. Uh, But AC-13 in Houston says that his probation on felon in possession of a firearm charge was extended for a year in January of 2022, which would indicate that he was not complying with the terms of his probation, but authorities did not put him back in prison. They just extended uh, that probation out another 12 months. So there are a lot of unanswered questions here. Uh, I- including whether or not Perkins was sentenced to any prison time. He's only 26 years old. Uh, any prison time at all for being a felon in possession of a farm. And then, why, if he did indeed violate his probation, why was his probation simply extended uh, rather than him being sent to prison to fulfill uh, the full terms of his sentence? Don't know the answers. But again, we do know that he is now a, a suspect and charged in the death of this eight year old child in a drive-by shooting, when um, sure seems likely
1: that if the law had been applied, uh, as it should have been, Mr. Perkins might have been behind bars back in June and
0: not driving down a street, allegedly, with a gun in hand. Uh, today's
1: hero of the day, from Alabama, where a uh, 22-year-old man Saved the life of his girlfriend and lost his own in an armed robbery in a very unlikely location. Uh, this story I got to tell you. We're gonna I'm going to do a, a separate story about this at bearing
0: arms, just focusing on um, this young man and the heroism that he displayed in protecting his
1: girlfriend, who is speaking out, uh, Michaela Paulus. Uh, Telling reporters that uh, she and her boyfriend Adam Sinji
0: both go to school in college or both go to college in uh, Florida, but they decided to take a a trip to Chia State Park in Alabama before they went back to school. They've been together four and a half years. Michaela's twenty, Adam Sinji twenty-two. They love to, uh, you know, spend time together outside, and it seemed they said a perfect way to end the summer. But then they were robbed. In this national forest, um, Yasmeen Hilder and Crystal Perkins have been charged with Simji's murder, as well as two counts of
1: kidnapping, two counts of robbery, uh, after what happened over the weekend. So they were hiking, and uh, they were flagged down by two women who said that they were having problems with their car. Um Michaela Paula says, I called my
0: dad to ask for car repair advice. I watched some YouTube videos, tried to fix the car when we realized it couldn't be fixed. I asked if she needed anything else, and that's when she pulled a gun. Said, put your hands up, walk into the woods, and drop your phone and keys. Michaela Paula says that her boyfriend was a, quote, proud supporter of the Second Amendment and did have a gun on him. Uh, She said he had his gun in his waistband the whole time because he said it was suspicious, and this is how people get robbed. So they walk into the woods. Michaela Paulus says, my whole body went numb, but I knew I would at least be okay. I was terrified, but I knew at any point Adam was going to pull his gun out. He always made sure
1: that I was protected and taken care of. According to Paulus, uh, one of these suspects then asked him for their banking information, their cell phone passwords.
0: And Paulus says, when she dropped her guard for a second and lowered her gun for a
1: second, that's when her boyfriend pulled out his gun and told her to get on the ground. She started messing with her gun and was jamming, but they shot at each other. Simji, shot the robber three times, but he was shot as well. His femur was shattered. Excuse me, her femur was shattered, so she couldn't get away. But uh, Simji was shot as well. Paula's called 911, stayed on the phone with dispatchers for about 30 minutes. Again, this is a national forest. Help is not seconds away. She said, I had to do chest compressions the last five minutes. Her boyfriend was not responsive. Never spoke again. According to police, when officers arrived this remote
0: location and they were searching for the uh, suspects, they were led to a uh, led to a large group of tents that had been set up in the forest. Uh, Sheriff Jim Studdard uh, called it a base camp, which is about a half mile from the crime scene. As they were approaching. Uh, they saw one of these suspects standing near the tents as they were ordering her to the ground. A five-year-old child ran from the woods holding a loaded shotgun. Yeah. Uh, law enforcement officers uh, put told the child to put down the shotgun. The child continued to his mother's location before he put the uh, gun on the ground. Pinkins has also now been charged with endangering the welfare of a child. The child is now in the custody of the Department of uh, Human Resources there in Alabama. Michaela Paulus is back in Florida. Grieving the loss of her boyfriend, she said her relationship with Simji was like a fairy tale. She was expecting that they would
1: get engaged any day. She said he kept it a secret, but we were definitely going to get married and have kids and be together. she um said that losing her boyfriend was her biggest fear, saying that uh he would do anything for anybody, including protecting her. With his own life, Michaela said, "If he didn't have his gun, I don't know if I would have made it, so he really is my hero, and that's exactly something that he would do. The uh, family has set up a GoFundMe for uh, Adam Sinji to help cover
0: funeral and burial costs. Uh, so far, they have raised about seventy five hundred dollars of the thirty thousand dollar goal. Uh, I will include a link." To this GoFundMe, uh, in our write-up of uh, today's Cam and Company at BearingArms.com, I would encourage you to share
1: that as well. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who is mourning the loss of Adam Sinji, who did die a hero, protecting the life of a woman that he loved. And you know, this is an important reminder of the fact that when we carry a firearm for self-defense, it's not. A suit of armor. It's not some magical talisman that will protect you from harm. But it does, hopefully, give you the chance to protect yourself and the people you love from being harmed. And while Adam Sinji lost his life to a violent attacker, he also saved a life that day as well. And he should be remembered and acknowledged is the hero that he is. Now, today's good deed of the day, which I know cannot
0: compare to Adam Sinji's, Two off-duty officers in Utah
1: who uh, saved a man who was uh, drowning uh, just a, a couple of days ago. A scary and tense situation,
0: as you can imagine. This was in uh, Summit County, Utah. Doug Merrill said he had a day off of work, so he just decided that he would, you know, go out and spend the day kayaking on the uh, Jordan Reservoir. He says he was nowhere near the shore when all of a sudden, he says he felt his blood sugar level just plummet. He says, I kind of blanked out. I tip my kayak. He said, next thing I know, I'm in the water. I'm swallowing water. I'm struggling. He's, uh, his life jacket was back on the kayak. And he said that he, again, was just did not have the strength to stay afloat. He said, I saw them and was just barely able to keep my head up. Them, a group of uh, off-duty homeless resource officers with the South uh, South Salt Lake Police Department who were also off-duty, not on the job, enjoying a day off. And he said, "Uh, I just happened to be lucky there. The officers were able to pull him to safety, get him a first aid kit, get his blood level back up to where it should be, blood sugar level. He said, uh, I thanked him right off the bat. I'm like, you guys have no idea how close that was. And uh, now, Doug Merrill, he's okay. Back at work, the uh, South Salt Lake Police Department posted about the rescue on their uh, department's Facebook page, uh, naming Sergeant Coggle, Officer Zajone, Gray, Addison, and Manzano as the officers who rescued Doug Merrill, saying, that quote, we're extremely proud of our officers for the exceptional service that they provide to the community on and off duty. As for Doug Merrill... He's learned a, a lesson as well. He says, uh, I know that I will never take the chance again without wearing my gear. He says, they definitely saved my life without a doubt. Well, I'm glad that they were in the right place at the right time. We're unable to do the right thing. But, yes, please take the basic safety precautions when you're out there uh, on the water. Uh, you know, wear a vest. It. it could save your life because uh, you never, the chances of you running into a group of off duty police officers when you're out in the middle of a reservoir are yeah, probably slim to none. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I am so grateful that uh, you watch, you listen, you respond. I really can't thank you enough. Uh, again, be sure to check out bearingarms.com today. We've got a lot of other news stories to uh, talk about. Uh, we are going to do a, a separate write-up again on um, the heroism of young Mr. Simji and uh, the lessons that other gun owners can learn from his actions. If you like what you see at Bearing Arms, I would also encourage you to become a VIP member. All you got to do is go to BarryArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Not only will you be showing the support that uh, we like to see for our Second Amendment independent reporting, but we're going to give you exclusive content, news stories and analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support really does matter. It really does make a difference. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe,
1: and be free.